Hello, everybody. How are you? Welcome to the show. <clears throat> Tom McCaffrey here, last exit of Brooklyn, LA2B. Uh, before we get started, uh, rate and review this podcast. Subscribe, join our Patreon, uh, last exit of Brooklyn. So, uh, I've um, been following, you know, like I've been talking about, I've been following the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, which is it's funny because I didn't think I'd be into this at all, but um, I've gotten roped into it slowly. Today's uh, episode of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard was kind of boring, actually. It's just sort of, excuse me. Uh, they had, they interviewed some uh, police officers, I guess, you know, who were. A couple of them, I guess, were called to the scene when, you know, I guess uh, someone called the police. I think Amber Heard was reporting um, that there had been like an incident or something. And uh, it was kind of weird. One of the guys was like, you know, it was record pre-recorded. And one of them was doing his um, testimony um, in his car. (laughs) Like he was in the front seat of his car and um, giving his testimony over Zoom. and then. At one point, I think he was vaping and started to drive away in the middle of it. And he seemed really annoyed to be um, a part of the whole thing. Which I think is really funny. I, like whenever I watch these things, you know, these high profile cases, you know, with, that are televised and a lot of people are watching. They always have people uh, on the stand or testifying, giving testimony that uh, seem really annoyed to be a part of it. You know, which I guess I kind of understand, but it's just sort of like. I don't know. This seems like it'd be like a, you know, an exciting moment in your life. Like if I, if I was just some dude and they asked me to testify that Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, I th- I'd be kind of like, all right, I can give like a couple hours. I wouldn't be like, Oh, they're always, they're always so put out. Oh, this is so annoying. I have to testify in this huge trial. So stupid. Like, and you know, they act like it's so hard to answer questions. I guess, it, I guess when the pressure's on you though, it is a little bit harder. And then um, they interview uh, like Johnny Depp's ex attorney, and I don't. He I watched him a little bit. He was just kind of boring, and uh, you know, one of the only things I heard him say was, "They were like, give your um, you know, what what's your perception of Johnny Depp?" And he's like, "Well, one perception I had of him was, you know, he's this generation's greatest actor, or something like that." And I was just like, "Relax, dude." They're like, well, what's your reception now? I would still say he's, you know, our generation's greatest actor. And I was like, okay, I guess you're still kissing this guy's ass. Um, and uh, the, oh, the one guy, the one of the police officers was saying that when uh, they came to the scene to answer the the call about the disturbance, uh, the lawyer, I guess Amber Heard's lawyer, was asking him like if he noticed. Um, if the cop noticed any bruising or cuts on Amber Heard's face. And he was like, no, I, I didn't see any. And she's like, well, I mean, were you looking for, for bruises on a brain? You weren't looking for it, right? And he's like, no, I wasn't looking for it. And she's like, well, then, ha- you know, if you weren't looking for it, like, how would you have known or something like that? And he's like, well, I guess like if I was looking at someone, I would notice that if they had like bruises or cuts on their face. And... Um, <clears throat> And I feel like one of the big blows in the in today's testimony must have been when um they're like, 
when you showed up, did you know that it was Johnny Depp that you were answering the call about or something? And then he's like, no, I didn't know. And then they were like, did you recognize Miss Heard when you saw her? And he's like, no, I had no idea who she was. I was like, ouch, that must have hurt her. Like, like, fuck, you didn't know who I was. Which I was thinking, like, I know she's like been in a lot of movies and stuff, but I mean, what were her big things? I guess Aquaman is her big one and Pineapple Express, I guess she was in. But I mean, I feel like for years, I, I would never have like recognized her. She's just kind of like, looks like a lot of hot chicks. Like she's kind of like, she's good looking, but she's just sort of like, all right, yeah, you look like a normal hot chick. Like it's kind of a dime a dozen. Um, and I, I don't mean that in like a shitty way, but she's just kind of like, yeah, I'm like, I don't think, I don't know that I would have, I feel like she probably for a while would get like, before all this would get a lot of like, people would see her and be like, I, I know her from something. I don't know what, that must be really weird. That, that seems like an annoying level of fame where people don't really know who you are, but they're, they're, they're still looking at you because they know you from something. Like They're just like, I know them from something. I don't know what. Like, how do I know that? And then I'm sure they get that a lot. They're like, how do I know you? And they're probably just like, oh, it's probably like they just have to explain themselves. So that would be like a weird, that, that's probably the most annoying kind of fame where you're just kind of recognizable, but no one really knows who you are. So you don't really get swarmed all day. You just kind of get like annoyed slightly every day by people. Like, hey, don't I know you? How do I know you? I was in Aquaman. Eh, no, that's not it. Okay. I thought I was in Aquaman, but I guess I wasn't. Um, yesterday's testimony was better. I, I talked about a little bit where um, they brought a, like an expert to come on. This woman, I guess, psychiatrist and I guess she interviewed Amber Heard and, and gave her like, you know, reported like a, a psychological profile. And she was basically like, yeah, she has borderline personality disorder. Like basically they, they brought a, a professional on. Cause I guess you just can't, you know, they have character witnesses, but you can't just have people come on and be like, yeah, she was a bitch. I knew her. <laughs> I knew her and she was really bitchy to me. Like, well, are you an expert? No, I'm just I'm just a plumber, but I know her. And she was she yelled at me. She was really bitchy. All right, well we can't we can't take your opinion. The jury can't trust your opinion if she was a bitch. But they bring on a professional. Like, yeah, I I interviewed her for hours, and I'm a professional. Yeah, and in my professional opinion, she's a total bitch asshole. So. That's my professional opinion is that she's a bitch. They had her on the stand for like hours. That would suck. You just sit there and have to take it, like watch someone be like, yeah, I, I've been working with assholes for years. So I really know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know how much longer is left in this. It's, it's you know, I hope it picks up a little bit because it's getting a little bit boring. I also wonder like what effect it'll have on their careers. Like, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're, they're like totally done and he's done. But I don't know. I feel like in the landscape now of pop culture, I don't know that something like this can ruin your, I don't even know what like ruining your reputation at this point would be. Cause I feel like there's so many people who just, their reputations have been, you know, dragged to the gutter and they're just still, I feel like you're not really at the mercy of just like 
you know, a few studios anymore. I think you can like work in other capacities. So I feel like there must be some way they could parlay this into, into making money somehow. That'd be weird. I wonder if they'll like, if he'll end up doing like reality show or something, probably not, but you never know. I wonder if he's going to, cause I don't think he's going to be in movies anymore. You know, like I think he was in a movie like a couple of years ago, but I I think it was like it didn't get like a big release. And I don't know what I guess she's in the new Aquaman. I mean, I guess I guess Aquaman was a hit, but it seems like a while ago that it came out. I don't give a shit about any of the, any of those movies. They I'll say, you know, I've always said they just are like all the same movie. Um, But and I get and I guess now she's she was or she is dating elon musk which is like okay well like why are you dating him because he's really cool and really fun to be around um or to, is it because he's a billionaire i mean because that guy seems like so so not fun to be around just he looks like it would be a nightmare to be around for like five seconds same with johnny depp johnny Depp sounds like he'd be a nightmare to hang out with all the time <clears throat> Like, or to date, you know, if you're like a chick, because they're just talking about how he's just drunk all the time and on drugs and high and, and mad. And so you just kind of come home and you're like, first of all, she was like 22 years younger than him. You know, so I don't know, is that fun when you're like 25 year old young chick and you come home until you're like 50 year old boyfriend who's just wasted? He's just, Ugh. So, Johnny, you want to uh, go to dinner tonight? Shut up! <laughs> okay. You just want to uh, you just want to pass on the couch in your puke? Break the cabinets? God, this is so great. I, th- I think that that's pro- that probably happens a lot with these chicks. You know, everyone wants to date these dudes and then like, they end up dating them and they're probably, or marrying them and they're probably like a nightmare. Like, um, like Tom Cruise, like like Katie Holmes, I guess, you know, had always dreamed of marrying Tom Cruise and then fucking she did. And it sounds like it was just a, a, like a nightmare. <laughs> just imagine being around Tom Cruise for like a day. Oh, I don't think you could just have like a night at home with Tom Cruise. Hey, Tom, I'm kind of tired. I just want to, uh, you know, watch some TV put on Homeland and eat some ice cream. No, we're going to go skydiving. <laughs> okay. I don't want to do that. Yeah, we have to go. Uh, I have to go speak at the Scientology conference. I'm going to give a two-hour speech and then dance around on a chair. <laughs> Great. This is a dream come true. So, yeah, I'm sure these guys are a nightmare to be around. Um, and uh, that was uh, so maybe if I think of any more Johnny Depp stuff, I'll, I'll come back to it. But there's something else I want to talk about. True crime. I watched this um, thing on, I think it was on I don't know, Hulu. I don't know what it's on. And it's um, it's about uh, I forget what it's even called. Anyway, um, this is a good start. <laughs> It's about the uh, story. It's a horrible story about this kid who got kidnapped, I think, when he was like seven years old in California in like 1972. And um, the guy, 
it was like a guy kidnapped him on his way home from school and kept him for like seven years, um, maybe like 300 miles away in California and like told, like basically told him that his parents didn't want him anymore and that he was going to take care of him now that he was his son now and he changed his name and it was really weird his name was steven stainer the kid and they made a movie of it called i know my first name is steven and um it came out in 1989 and uh, i remember seeing that tv movie and uh, so he basically that he like seven years later the guy who kidnapped him kidnapped another kid who was like five or six and so that's when he realized oh that this guy did that to me because you know he had brainwashed him into thinking that you know his parents really had like abandoned him and that this guy you know was taking him in and um when he realized that he he escaped with the five-year-old he basically saved the kid's life or you know basically got him out of there and so he was here so he got he got out and went back to his family and uh yeah, the worst part about it is like so the guy. At first, it was just so different that you know. I, I guess it was like 1980 that he he got back, and the guy who kidnapped him. At first, they were you know I think that they didn't think kidnapping was like a big crime back then. I think in like first of all in the 70s, it's like if you were just a criminal, you could just do. I've talked about this before. You just do anything, and like they, they had no way to like catch anybody. There were no cameras. There was no DNA. You know what I mean? It was just like you know so. He basically just you could just kidnap people and just move like to the next town and then like no one would know anything about what happened. So the guy got tried and I think he got convicted of kidnapping the second kid and I think he got sentenced to like five to seven years. And then with the kidnapping of the Steven Stainer kid, who he later came out, he like molested the whole time. Um he got like seven years, but it, he ended up only serving like seven years or something. It's just fucking crazy. And then, you know, he got out and, and immediately started kidnapping kids again. And um, so there's a there's a lot of crazy things to this story. So first of all, it's, it's so off. I, I, you know, I watched it, but I, when I first watched it, it was really hard to watch. But, you know, so this is what I was thinking, you know, I was talking about before, like, the, you know, the criminals, there, there was no way to catch criminals. I was thinking, like, I'm watching stuff about the, the Capitol riot on January 6th. And, you know, it's so crazy because all these people on trial, they have like various angles of like cameras of, you know, the people doing it. <clears throat> so it's really easy. You know, there's like identifying people isn't even an issue. And like most of the cameras, you know, the people who are doing the crime on January 6th, they're filming themselves doing it. Like it must make it so much easier to be like in law enforcement now where basically the criminals are filming themselves doing the crimes and like posting it. So, you know, like shouting their name, you know, you know, so you know their names and exactly where they live. But I mean, you know, back in the day, I remember when I was growing up, like the only thing they had to find someone is they'd be like, yeah, we we have a guy who like saw them for like five seconds and and we, uh, we brought them in and like, they described them we, and we drew someone drew a cartoon of his face and you know so they they would just hang up like cartoons of people and be like yeah have you seen this guy and it's like no i don't that's not even a person that's like a cartoon someone drew <laughs> but that was how you caught people just put like 
yeah, here's a cartoon. Here's a stick figure of the guy. If you see him, oh yeah, I'll look out for that. Like I remember they got the Unabomber guy. I remember the, the, the um, police sketch that they had all over the news for a while was like, was him wearing sunglasses and like a hat. So basically like someone did a police sketch cartoon of him where you couldn't even see his face. Like, hey, have you seen this guy where who's wearing a mask? Like, no, I, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen him. He's I can't see his face. And that's a cartoon. And then, you know, they would catch the people and they put it next to the cartoon, the sketch. And, you know, a lot of times it'd be like, look how close it was to him. And it's like, no, it's, it looks nothing like the guy because that's a person. And that's just a, a sick figure. But it, that's how pathetic it was back in the day. Like, that's all they had. It's kind of like, and now it's just like, can you describe the guy who robbed you? Can you describe? No. Yeah, actually, I, I have a video of him doing it. Oh, really? Who took the video? The, the guy, the guy who did it as he was robbing me, he, he, he taped himself. And he, uh, he screamed out where he lived and then he posted it on Instagram. So this is literally his name. <laughs> so, okay, because we were going to put a cartoon up of the guy. No, that's not necessary anymore. Um, so, oh yeah, so the back to the steam and standard. So, uh, that so th- that kid's life kind of got ruined, Stephen Stainer. And th- so the crazy part about it is, so for, then he died, that kid, in like a freak motorcycle accident, like a some a car hit his motorcycle. It's like hearing the shit. It's just like this this kid just couldn't get a break. You know, he gets kidnapped and. He's away from his family and he's with this child molester. Then he gets out and then some asshole fucking hits him with his car. And it's just like, oh, great. Like, that's fucking awesome. This is a real feel, feel good story. Um, so then the next thing that happens is uh, this is near Yosemite. And so um, his brother, Carrie Stainer, who was older, like years later, maybe 10 years later, like, there were these murders, people that go start going missing in Yosemite, and then they tied it back to Carrie Stainer, which was this guy's brother. So he murdered like he, he was basically a serial killer. He murdered like four tourists visiting Yosemite. And it's just like, man, this fucking family, these, you know, these parents, you know, must, went through hell. It's like, oh, our one kid is kidnapped. You know, then they brought him back and he had been sexually abused. Oh, and then he dies in a motorcycle accident. Okay, well, we're finally through that. Oh, no. Now this other kid, the next one is uh, murdering people. Great. This, we have really like we have really good luck. Um, and then that guy I, and they kind of speculate like that the brother was kind of driven to do it because of the Steven Stainer guy, like that, that scarred him because, oh, be, because like he was jealous of the attention that he got, which sounded ridiculous to me. But then like I was watching the um, documentary and someone said that when he confessed to the crime, he first said, before I confess, like you have to assure me that you're going to like make a TV movie out of my story, which is such like an odd because they had made a, a TV movie out of the other guy's story. First of all, it's kind of like this guy's really like selling himself short. It's like he's murdering all these people and he's like, hey, promise me you're going to make a shitty movie of the week of this. You know, it's like if you're murdering people, you might as well go all the way. Be like, go for like a feature film. You know, at least go for a theatrical release. 
hey, I murdered these people. Before I tell you, you got to tell me, you got to guarantee me you're going to make a, a straight to video movie of this. Okay. <laughs> you're going to turn this into a, a pilot that doesn't get, pick, get picked up. And so, um, and I don't think they did make a movie of it, but oh, they made this, which was a documentary, but it's another F you to the guy because it's a three part miniseries and he only gets one episode. The, the, the other brother gets two. So I wonder if they did that on purpose or like, he did this just so he could get his own TV show. It's also a bad message. It's like he did it just, he said he wanted a TV show. And so what happened was we made a movie about it. Um, but yeah, that, you know, and the parent, I think the mom is still alive. They're interviewing her. And she was fucking, how did she like get through the day with that? Like, so how are your kids? What are the kids up to? Uh, well, it must be really easy to like excel in that family because they had other kids. How's uh, <laughs> how's Liz doing? Well, she's still she she hasn't been kidnapped and she hasn't murdered anyone, so you know she's doing great. She did start, you know, she's addicted to meth now, but you know she's actually uh, number one in the family. She's actually excelling. Um. So yeah, that was that was funny. Not that was funny, but what I said. But another thing they're saying they were talking about in the Carrie Stainer, you know, part of the documentary is um that uh first of all, if that's why you became a killer, that's like so lame. Like, how easily are you swayed to killing people? Like, damn, my brother gets all the attention. I'll show you guys. This is bullshit. My brother got kidnapped. Why can't anyone kidnap me? No one ever wanted to kidnap me. Sorry, pal. They didn't want to kidnap you, I guess. Like, what a weird thing to be jealous of. Man, this jerk gets everything. He gets kidnapped. He gets molested. And then he gets away. And they make the movie about him. Some guys are so lucky. I'll show everyone. I'm going to show them. I'm going to murder people. They think I'm going to, they think I'm nothing. Everyone wrote me off as a failure. God, we were really wrong about him. We thought he was, wasn't going to do anything. He really made something of his life. But anyway, before they knew it was Carrie Stanner, they, you know, these people started, you know, disappearing at Yosemite and they were, they, they were murdered. They find them murdered. And, um, at first they were like, they didn't know that the, one of the last victims was him again. They thought it was a copycat. And I was thinking like, you hear the, uh, like, you know, copycat killers. <laughs> what a weird thing to like, not be original at like murdering people. Like how fucking lame are you? Like, you can't even like murder people in your own way. They, I wonder if they, they must get really mad and, and like offended by that. Like, oh, this guy's just copying that other murderer. No, man, I came up with this on my own. I, I, nothing, I'm not trying to be like that other guy. And then the other things, they always act like it's like a copycat. Oh, he's just, he's just copying the other murder. It's like, like murdering is this like original thing. <laughs> I feel like there's only you know, a few ways you can really murder people. I don't know if that's really an original thing. <laughs> I wonder if they, if they get mad. Like it's like a... Because comedians get mad or, you know, whatever. When people steal their material, they're like, oh, this guy's copying my style. 
I wonder if the serial killers are like, oh, this guy's totally biting my shit. Burning hookers in his house. Yeah, that's my thing. God, this guy has no originality. Copycat. No, man, I, I came up with that on my own. No, you didn't. I was the one who stabbed people in the face. <laughs> Let me show you how it's done, hack. This is my routine. <laughs> Shooting people in the face. That's my thing, pal. Um, that was another thing. Like, I think that was another one, the Carrie Stainer. Oh, maybe they actually, actually, I think they did catch him. I think they linked him back because he worked. Like he basically, like the, the people kept disappearing at this hotel and he basically worked at the hotel and lived there. So they finally like, were like, yeah, this guy's weird. This creepy guy. But it must have been so weird too, because that was such a big story, the Stephen Stainer story. So in the town, they must have been like, wait, now his brothers? Fucking, what's going on with this family? What's going on in there? These are the worst fucking parents I've ever heard of. Like their kids are just, they left, they're not watching their kids. You know, they're just, their kids are just like left alone to be kidnapped. And then the other one's just murdering, you know, something else happened. And you just, man, what a bad, what a, they were really born under an unlucky star watching that made me feel guilty that i ever complain about things because you know i'll feel like i'm so unlucky you know like um like i'll be like like i'll be like oh man i missed the bus by two minutes i have the worst luck in the world oh man i lost my pen this pen ran out of ink right when i needed to write something god i'm so unlucky I must have the worst luck in the world. You know, the parents like the parents of the Stainer kids like, no, no, no. We we've had a little, we've had a little rougher than that, than that, than the pen thing. But that's a, I I really I am such a wimp when I think about my life and then I watch other people's lives. Like when I watch movies about like war and stuff, and you know, the people are in are in war and they're like getting shot at and stuff. I'm like, I'm such a wuss. But like I see like a spider and i'm like oh my god I'm like terrified for days i won't go in that room for like a week you know i watch a war movie and the, everyone's getting shot in the face you know i'm like oh my god that looks way worse i would not do well in that situation another annoying thing about the johnny depp trial i just remembered i want to talk about is how um like today's testimony is really boring because it was just kind of like going, you know, interviewing the lawyer. And first of all, it looked kind of like a shitty Colin Farrell. When I first saw him, you know, on screen over Zoom, he looked, I was like, is that like Colin Farrell? It's like, oh no, it's just kind of like ugly Colin Farrell. Um, and, but every question, it's so boring, like the testimony, because like it's just like pulling teeth with every question. Like they'll be like, um, so last time they interviewed you, um, you said, um, they said, do you know Johnny? Were you Johnny Depp's attorney? And you said, yes. What did you mean by that? <laughs> it's like, I guess I meant I was Johnny Depp's attorney. <laughs> you said no. What Can you explain what you meant when you said no? Like, I, I don't know how to make that any clearer. Like, I don't know how to use less words than no. That's like one word, like the least amount of letters, basically a word can have. Um, 
So I don't really know how to explain. It's just kind of, I mean, this jury must be so bored. I, I wonder what, what they're going to vote. Cause I think this all kind of um, comes down to like, they're probably Johnny Depp fans and they're probably like charmed by him. And I, you know, as long as you have like a few chicks on the jury who are like hot for Johnny Depp, then I don't know. It's going to be hard to, for him to lose, but I don't know. I don't know what'll happen. It's just kind of, um, but I guess it's a lot more interesting than I, I thought it would be. But I like I, I thought it was funny the guy testifying in his car. I don't know how that happened. I would love. I don't know the story, but I don't know if they explain that. But he's like, they're like, hey, can you do this? Um, can you testify in this really huge trial? We'll do it over Zoom. Yeah, I can only do it in my car. Mm, that's fine. Also, I need to be vaping weed. I don't know if he's vaping weed, but he was vaping the whole time. Yeah, and I can we do it like right before I have to go to a wedding? Cause he just looks, he just looks so mad and like put out and annoyed and just sort of like, this looks like the most inconvenient thing. Like he was out partying the night before. And he's like, Oh fuck. What's wrong? Do oh, I forgot. I got to testify Johnny Depp. Yeah. I gotta, can I borrow your car? I'm going to do it from the car. Why from the car? I don't know. Cause just to show how much I fucking don't want to do it and how much I hate it. Can I borrow your vape? And then I think at one point he said, um, I don't want to deal deal with this anymore. <laughs> I like curmudgeonly. I don't want to deal with this anymore. This is annoying. I have other I have shit to do. What what do you have to do? I don't know. Anything. I have to I have to go drive to, to Arby's. I'm hungry. I'm gonna get something to eat. Is anyone going to see this? Yes, it's going to be the biggest trial uh, in the world. Uh, fuck. Maybe I should have done it in my car while vaping. He must be so embarrassed. He probably doesn't give a shit, but this is like his big moment. Oh, great. I look like shit. Um, all right, I think this is going to be a short one. I just wanted to weigh in on those things. So, um, uh, last exit of Brooklyn, um, rate and review, and uh, we'll see you next time uh, on the show, and I'll talk more about things. Thanks.